nothing more common than unsuccessful people who have talent. And for many of us, the problem has not been a difficulty in discovering an area of natural aptitude. Rather, it has been in the development of that skill. It is the boring, repetitive sharpening of our skills that will place us beyond the masses. Many of us get interested in a field, but then the going gets tough, we see that other people are more successful and we get discouraged and quit. I once counseled a woman who had been largely unfocused throughout much of her lifetime. I asked how she would describe her life. Regret, she said simply. Then she went on to talk about the years when she meandered from one thing to another, never taking an inventory of her abilities and deciding on a speciality. My husband didn't care whether it worked, so I didn't, and that was probably my biggest mistake. When the kids got older and didn't need me as much, I kept thinking I'd find something. I got bored with piano lessons and quit. I thought I might become a teacher and took some courses in education, but didn't stay long enough to get a credential. I can't tell you how terrible it is to come to the last third of your life and feel that you're not good at anything but baking good apple pies. All of us have known able persons who flitted from one thing to another, getting bored with this, disenchanted with that, and never buckling down to excel. The work of a surgeon is based on the most minute breakdown of the job into individual motions. Young surgeons practice for months on end to tie a certain knot in a confined space, to change and hold an instrument, or to make stitches. There is a constant effort to improve these motions, to speed up by a fraction of a second, to make another one easier, to eliminate a third one. And the improvement of these individual constituent motions is the surgeon's main method of improving total performance. That is scientific management, and it serves as a splendid model for the management of our gifts. A few years ago, I met a master furniture maker who has become very good at a very specialized thing. Making custom furniture. When Sam Malouf was a young man, he had training in design, but learned that what he liked best was to work with his hands in wood. So, he began making furniture in his garage. At first, as he experimented with the joints that would later make him famous, he made a prototype chair, then took it up to the roof of his garage and dropped it to the driveway to see if the joints would take the stress. Which they did! This proved to Sam that he was using the proper type of joinery. His first commission was for a dining room set, and because of problems with the interior decorator, the total price barely covered his materials. But by trial and error, he learned how the prices work so he could make a living. Word of Malouf's craftsmanship spread, and he began to get more jobs. Because of zoning problems, he bought a lemon grove away from the city with a small house and garage in the middle of the grove. There, he continued to make chairs from walnut, all superbly handcrafted. At first, commissions came in slowly, and during this same period, he was asked by the U.S. State Department to go to Lebanon, Iran, and later to El Salvador to work with woodworkers of those countries in village industry programs. 
But over the years, the furniture maker's fame spread. He added an apprentice. He built a workshop, and various furniture manufacturers offered to buy his designs and cheaply produce thousands of the rockers per month. But Malouf was not interested in licensing his designs. He continued to improve and perfect his work. He knew what he liked to do, and that was building the best furniture that he could build. As word of his craft spread, he was asked to hold workshops in furniture making, and many of his pieces were acquired by museums for their permanent collections. Recently, he was the recipient of the MacArthur Genius Award, an honor usually granted to writers, artists, and philosophers. It will give Malouf a tax-free, no-strings-attached stipend of $60,000 a year for five years. And what has the Genius Award done to Sam Malouf's working week? Scarcely changed it at all. He is 71 now and still works about 60 hours a week. He has two assistants. The present price of his rocker? $6,000 and he has back orders for well over $100. That's why I have to work so many hours, he says, smiling. Malouf's sense of satisfaction and well-being stems in part from his work. He knows exactly who he is, and he does the things that are a natural expression of himself. He found something to do, did it over and over, and became better and better at it.